Guys, what is happening? Welcome back to Creating Space. I'm your host, Wes Knight. And on the other side of this mic is someone who fuels me with more juice than I can even talk about. On the other side of this mic is Ebong Eka. He's the founder of economics. He's a leadership entrepreneur and small business expert. He can be found regularly appearing on MSNBC, Fox News, Fox Business Channel, NBC, CNN. The guy's an accomplished TEDx speaker. He's a Huffington Post contributor, and he's also the author of Start Me Up, which is a book explaining why he believes that the best business plan is no business plan. Ebong, I forgot to mention one small little detail. You're also a retired professional basketball player. Ebong Echo, <laughs> what is happening, man? Welcome to Creating Space. Uh, thanks so much, Wes. I know this has been a long time coming, my man. Like I, I, I had no qualms. I don't care if you had one listener. Or the thousands and thousands that you have, I would have come to talk to you regardless. And I know I'm glad we're able to do this, so I'm excited, man. Wow, that coming from you, I will I will be serious. That is a huge compliment for me. Uh, I watch you on your Facebook channels, on your YouTube channels. I love your stream of consciousness when you're talking about overcoming fears and chasing your dreams. I want to know the story, Ebong. So that's why I wanted to get you on. And I've been chasing you for what three or four months now, man. At least at least three or four months since <laughs> August. Uh, so it's almost four months. Yeah, sorry. I, I'm, I'm still here. I'm just looking for something that I had. Um, I wanna sh it's going to be part of the story that I share with you guys um, as you're listening. There it is. Okay. So um, quick story. As you mentioned, a uh, pro basketball player. I, um, uh, I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada to Nigerian parents. And uh, I come from, a, I come from a, a line of legacy. So my grandfather was uh, a famous, uh, he was one of them. Him and another person were, were responsible for creating uh, Nigeria's first self-governing body before the British um, uh, let them be let Nigeria be independent back in like 1919, 1920, something like that. Wow. The thing is, I I didn't know any of that stuff until uh, until 2007, uh, because my father left when we were young. My mom my mom had to take care of four kids by herself. We lived in public housing for over a decade in in Canada, one of the worst neighborhoods. If you were to Google Jane Jane and Finch, you would see that's one of the worst neighborhoods in Toronto. Drugs, crime. Um, murder, you name it, was there, and and my mom always had this work ethic of of just try, of grinding. She she worked multiple jobs, two jobs, maybe even three jobs to take care of four kids, and we were so spread apart. We became single. We were almost like single children because um, there's like five, six years in between all of our all of my siblings, and so you're almost like a single child, like like you know, like a single child, and you know, or an only child in a way. And sure. so through that, yeah, you know, through that, I started thinking about. Whatever I, I realized at an earlier age, I saw crime. I saw people I went to school with get pregnant in their teens, drugs. I saw people selling all the time. I knew people got who were selling and robbing. And so it's for me, I had to make a decision back then. And my mom would always tell us that no one's going to help you, you know, if you just if you if you follow like the negative path. And, you know, let's fast forward a little bit uh, going through high school. I had a dream uh, since I was like 12, 13 years old to play basketball in the U.S. And this is in the early 90s, man, late 80s. There's no internet. There's, there's nothing. You send letters and shit. Like, you have to send a letter to somebody. You have to get on a Greyhound bus. That's it, right? You know what I'm saying? There's AAU, sure. maybe. Wait, wait, AAU wasn't even the same level. It was like, 
maybe go to five star camp, like a couple of different camps. You got to save money. So it wasn't as easy to be noticed. And so I, I, I did two things. I ended up working multiple jobs, saved a bunch of money, went to a camp to get noticed. In addition to that, I wrote over 300, maybe 400 letters to, to schools. I mean, I didn't even know half the, I never heard of half of these schools. And the reason I was looking for the book is I want to show you, this is the book I got from the library that I used back in 1993, 92. And even to the point where I even have like, the library card is still here. We're still, it's still punching the back of it. You know what I'm saying? Like That's I keep incredible. This, you know, I keep this because it's a reminder when I, when I get to, when I, you know, when I get to full of myself, like the, 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 the page, you can't see this yourself. You may be able to see some of it, but the pages are Brown. It's like a 30 year old book. You know what I'm saying? It's like Colby Sawyer college. I never heard of half of these schools, but it didn't matter. I was just like sending letters to everybody who would, who would, who would reach, who would read them. And I ended up, Meeting some people, I ended up uh, to a point where I, was, I went to a camp. Uh, it was called Metro Stars. It was in Cleveland. It was actually it was at Baldwin Wallace College in Berea, Ohio. I had to come from Toronto and take the bus all the way down. They were supposed to come pick me up in Cleveland that uh, the, that day, the day before the camp. They forgot to pick me up. I ended up sleeping in the bus station, a seventeen year old, eighteen year old kid, right, with my with homeless people all over the place. I, you know, I, but left again, a, you were left alone straight from I, Toronto, missed the bus straight. and had to sleep overnight yeah, I, on like a bus bench. Yes. And a no bus bench. Way. I was inside the Greyhound station, sleeping in a Greyhound station. I only had like a dollar and quarters. So I only had four quarters. So I used two of them to call the people. And then, and, and, you know, back then there's no voicemail. They, had, they barely had voicemail. There was no cell phone. I'm using a pay phone and I only had like a dollar, maybe, you know, a dollar and some change. And that was it, like in cash. And so. If, if I buy right out of quarters, I was out. So I slept in a bus station for the night. And people always, when I tell people the story, they're like, man, that sucks. I go, look, you don't understand. Everything I had to do to get to that point, that was just a small portion of it. Like that was a minor inconvenience, right? Because my goal was bigger than all that nonsense I was dealing with right now, sleeping at a bus station. Suffice it to say, the next day they, they, they came back, they freaked out because they got the voicemail, came back and picked me up. And, um, Took me to the camp. I made the all-star team, everything else. And I ended up going to Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that, so that was the first. I have like three major uh, successes that, that, that actually fall in line with creating space, you know, like in terms of overcoming adversity, uh, grinding, working hard towards something. And I'm sure you – I don't know what your experience was with soccer, being a professional player, but I guarantee you a lot of people like – in order for you and I to get to where we are and kind of people we are, we had to go through this adversity – when most people we know who are probably even better than us wouldn't be able to get that far and end up quitting. Yeah, absolutely. There have been a number of times where I've had something similar, never to the point when I was on my way up in the Ascension where I was rendered homeless for a night, having to grind that hard. But there was a time in college when I was trying to play professional development league and yeah. I had to drive down with no money. My, my grandmother left me a small check for me to get enough gas to get to Florida, Bradenton, Florida, to play wow. in IMG academies. And I had no money to stay, and I made the team. Wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Made the team, IMG Academies. Tom Durkin was a coach, one of the best coaches I've ever played underneath. And I had to figure out then where I was going to live. Yeah. And I ended up having to live on the floor of a buddy's apartment for weeks on end until I yeah. could figure out and work and make some money to be able to put a roof over my head. But anyways, what I want to talk about with you, Abong, is – You've got a long list of tipping points, times that you have shifted and had the courage to chase your dreams and all of that. But let's get back to the fundamental DNA of Ebong. Like, what is your genetic makeup that makes you capable 
of going through things like that and not batting an eye? Um, one thing is I understand the importance of legacy, right? And and I have these three, to me, there's these three things that I, I follow. This, I guess it's kind of like an ascension, like a ladder. But for most people, uh, are at, are, who act or behave average, they're, they're like, so they're, they're called, they're called um, um, the three L's. The first one is losing. Uh, and most people lose. And I don't mean, I don't mean it in a bad way. I'm not calling somebody a loser. I just mean because they don't see anything better than for themselves. They're just literally just going through life, right? Like meandering through life. I had a, a meeting earlier with a client. I was at, at, uh, at a government office and I hope they don't listen to this, but I was at, I was at a government office, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and I just watched all the people who were just milling around. They were just going through life. I was on the, I took the train, the Metro to get into downtown DC. Same thing. Everyone's it's just like, painful. Is it not, man? Look at their face. You, oh, you know what I'm you talking can about. You see it right on their skin. Oh, exactly. Man. Exactly. Their face, their eyes, everything they're thinking about. All of this is just like grief. And so that's where most people tend to live. Like it's losing. The next what is, is that? What, what is that about human nature that they're they're okay to live in that zone? What do you feel is the reason for that? Uh, that's a very good question. I think first is the fear of being ostracized socially. So up until the last twenty years, toward third maybe thirty years, being an entrepreneur was like a negative thing. It meant quote unquote you were lazy. You know, your parents, our parents, our grandparents would tell you go get a job, go work. You know, uh, get a family, get a house, and get a mortgage, and then get married, and have some kids. So the social construct of our lives have been dictated to a lot of people. And, and I, I get it. Most people don't have, and it's, again, it's not most people's fault because they don't have the wherewithal to fight through the social construct, right? I'm sure you playing soccer, people are like, man, Wes, once you give that shit up, you should go get a job. This is ridiculous. You're never going to work. You're not going to be this, you know, fill in the blank. You're you, not going to be. You need to make sure you go back and get your education because exactly. what happens if that that train ends, you know what I'm exactly, saying? Exactly. Which, what happens if you get hurt? Da, 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 exactly. You know? Exactly. But the people who are telling you that have never had any type of experience similar to that. I don't mean just in sports, in life. They never had the experience where they can say, I went through this difficulty of something I really wanted. And now I understand what you're going through. So therefore, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and encourage you to go through your process. Wow. Right. So, Powerful. You know, most people don't have that. So so it's like it's it's it literally it's it's um, the, the three L's. The first is losing. The second one is leading or leadership. And that's when you start leading yourself and you start to ascend out of the mediocrity of most people. And then the last L is legacy. Legacy is when you stop thinking about yourself and you're thinking about what happens at the end. You start thinking about. What happens when you die? Because who's going to come to your funeral? You know, like, well, whose lives are you going to change? Like, are they going to, how are they going to be talking about you? Are they going to say, this guy had money, this is what happened? Are they going to say, he touched so many people's lives? When he talked to me, you know, I felt so empowered. That's where, so, so the DNA, answer your question, legacy is where I'm at. Like, I was thinking about it on a train here, just thinking about what I was going to say to you today. I was like, I was like, I'm going to die, right? <laughs> I, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm going to die. And, and you know, the thing is, I literally, I literally have like, I accepted that years ago. Like I've three years ago, I had a, a buddy whose wife passed from cancer. At four, three or four other people died from cancer in her thirties, young. Wow. Another another female friend who worked in a building I worked in. She got hit by a car today. We were supposed to all meet for have a meeting. Like all different things happened. My dog had passed away within a couple of weeks of that, and. Sort of my father a couple of years before that, and I understood that you know what we're gonna die, and all the shit that I worry about absolutely means nothing. Right. What's going to matter is when that guy made me laugh, when he made me smile, when she was nice to me, that's what's going to that's what's going to matter. The memories and the memories can't happen when you actually pour into somebody else. 
So that was that's kind of like that's what that's my idea and that's what drives me right now. Man, am I learning so much right now? Can we stick on the leadership, the second L? Sure. Because what I'd like to do, Abong, I'd like to see how you made the change from the professional athlete and going in that endeavor, because I know a little bit about that, but I think a lot of people are always interested in why some athletes succeed after sport and why some athletes do not. So tell me what it was like in that time where you were traveling, you were playing internationally as well. You were playing yes, ball yeah. like in North Korea or South yeah, Korea or. Yeah. 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 I was in, I was in Switzerland. I was in Taiwan. Um, I was in uh, England. I played in England for a year. I played in Switzerland for a year. Wow. I played a month or so in Asia. Um, I kind of went to the CBA when I came back for like a week or two, which, you know, it wasn't going to work out towards the tail end of like where I was. And I knew I'm not an NBA player. I knew that going sure. into it. Right. I, I have so I'm, I'm aware of I'm, I'm, I have self-awareness. And and so like to, to answer your question, like for most players, a lot of players, why they kind of struggle is. It's almost like you retire in general. You know, when you notice people, when they, when they give up on a purpose in life, or when they're retired like, from their job and they work at Ford for like three, dec four, five decades, and they retire, they think, I'm going to go golf and do the things I really wanted to do. But in reality, what they were doing has become them, right? And so right. as a result, you're stopping being who you were. And then your body says, oh, we're not doing this anymore. It's time to die. And then you start literally winding, your body starts winding down. You get sick. You get the dementia, all the other stuff starts happening. I mean, obviously there are other, there's other, you know, other um, scientific reasons, but one of the major ways I think that starts is from the mind, and you start, you 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 start shutting it down, right? Because you're like, I don't need to use this anymore. I don't need to use this school skill anymore, like I used to use. So sure. a lot of players, they, that's what they start losing. They don't have, they don't have a, 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 they don't have the foresight or the longer term vision as to where they see their lives. They're not thinking about legacy. It's about Am I, can I get make money and just like hang out? And that's so so what was the key for you? Was it a mentor that you aligned yourself with? Was the fact that you aforementioned your aforementioned ability to be self-aware that you knew you wanted to shift? Did you already have your uh, degree and know you had a level of interest? Walk us through a little bit about that time and what the, what the toughest part was about transforming from one, one being to the next. It was for me. It was a continuation. So when I went to school, I went to school. I am a CPA, and I went to school for accounting. Now, the deeper meaning to that is, and that's another reason. Another thing, I, I have no problem sharing this with people publicly. Is the main reason why I, I chose accounting as a degree was because I knew that I had there's a list of professions that would increase the likelihood of me be, being able to get a green card to live in this country. Wow. And I recently became a citizen back in February of this year. Congratulations, man! Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm 41 years old, man. I, I had made this decision when I was 12. This was going to be multiple decades to get to this place, right? But the thing is, most people don't have the wherewithal to go through multiple decades. Work at jobs where you have bosses who are assholes. Work at companies where you, you really don't want to be at. Or, or do work that you really have no interest in doing when your gifts are, are, are for something else. But the thing is, my purpose was bigger than what was happening right now to circumstances. Sure. Sure. So going back to me sleeping in a bus station, that my purpose was bigger than that circumstance that I had. And so it's the same thing I applied, like going forward. So you're just thinking to yourself, man, I need to go through this because on the other side is what I really want. So this is just exactly. part of the process because I can manage exactly. that. I love exactly. that. I love that. Exactly. And I've, I've always tried to adopt that uh, ideology or methodology. It's, this is just part of the plan and I'm, I can get through this. But there was a time in my life, Ebong, where, man, uh, got, I got an injury. I hit a real dry point and mm -hmm. suffered depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. I was fetal position in, in my bedroom. Panic attacks were overwhelming. 
Have you ever had a really challenging moment in your life where you're thinking, okay, I can't see the forest for the trees right now? I've been through that. I, I, everything you just said, I've been through that. Um, I, I, I did that, especially when I was working. I was working at a, a, at a major accounting firm, consulting firm. Um, and I, I had a bad experience with somebody I was working with, someone directly. They were my direct manager. And for some reason, I couldn't get myself, I couldn't see the bigger picture and what was happening. So when you see the bigger picture, insignificant things no longer bother you, right? So if, if you win the lottery, as an example, for people who are listening, say you win $100 million. When somebody calls you a name, calls you an asshole to your face, you're thinking in your head, I have $100 million. I don't give a shit, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when yeah. you have money, when you have no money or you're, you're worried about your life or your job or your family, whatever it is, every little thing plays a role in your, in your, in your psyche and your ability and your being, right? When you go to like a sporting event and the guys are wearing a jersey and you, you don't see a person who has a future or, or, or um, a future or something like a bigger purpose misbehave, get drunk, and start punching people in the parking lot. Right. He or she's going to be thinking, I run a company. I got people relying on me. I got to focus on that. I can't. So, so my point is, uh, very similar probably with you, I, when I was going through my stuff, I couldn't, see, I couldn't see past what I was experiencing to the point where I was on, I was on anti-anxiety medication. Yep. I was taking bis- bisperone. I was, like, I, was like having, I was taking mental health days. I, I tried to do meditation. didn't work. I was doing yoga. didn't work. I was freaking out every single time. I get panic attacks in the middle of the night when my BlackBerry would go off because I, I was getting an email or a message from them. I go to work with knots in my stomach, not eat, drop weight, start start you know doing ADHD medication because maybe it was, I needed to focus more. And then that one day I just realized that why am I do, why am I taking drugs to go to work, right? And that, that was for me. And so for some reason I ended up I, well one I left that job. And, and what ended up leaving that job, actually, it, it opened my eyes to other things. It allowed me to open my, my brain to other things. And that is creating space. That is what the essence of this podcast and this movement is all about. The, that aha moment where you decide that I'm going to change my life and I need to take action because on the other side of the fear that I'm experiencing, the anxiety, all the pressure that I'm putting on, uh, on top of myself are my dreams and the life and the lifestyle that I really want to lead. So you made the decision, you created space from what was really dragging you down. What happened next, Avon? So I, I started realizing that, okay, I'm closer to getting my green card as I realized. I mean, I went to a place, I went to a situation where I ended up getting my green card and the fir- another company I was with during an economic downturn because a lot of our clients were in the real estate space. Um, we lost half of our business, so they let go a bunch of people. I was happier when I was laid off. I was happier when I was laid off. This happened like eight, eight, eight years ago. So I was happy. I was happier being laid off, not worried about how I'm going to pay my mortgage. Right? I was happier then than when I was working. I knew something was wrong. That's sure. when I started. I was like, okay, I got to start figuring some shit out. Something is wrong. Something's not right. And 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 that for me, that was that was that was the major major point. And then Tony Robbins also always mentions that you have to make a decision. Eric Thomas does the same thing. Like I, I didn't realize it until I went through it. That if once you like you, you in order to make a difference, you have to make a decision. The minute I made a decision is when everything started changing. And that's when my brain started opening. I started thinking differently about things. And so I saw a need. I'm like, I'm a CPA, I speak well, I can do a bunch of different things. And I saw that there's an opportunity to help other people who and I during that whole time I'd started companies. I started like tech companies, I was writing a lot of business plans, I was uh, pitching VCs like crazy, speaking uh, pitching angel investors. I'm um, talking to you know some big some of the big VCs back in the early 2000s. Almost got a deal. 
uh, for a company that I, I'd created until until uh, the market went to, went to crap. And so I just I saw other people who were going through similar things, and I thought I could cut I thought I could cut their learning curve. Wow. That's when I decided to come up with the idea for the the no business plan business plan and and it'll start me up. Wow. So you mentioned before that some of the most important aspects that you hold, uh, one being self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Why do people need to become more self-aware in their lives? Self-awareness adds the, the importance of being uh, objective and subjective. So I know, like, I, I, here's an example. I walk through the airport. I go to a store. Some, and this happens to me a lot, probably once, maybe once or twice a month. Uh, some old lady or an old man will come up to me. Always happens without fail. It happened to me two weeks ago, too. Old man came up to me and said, did you play, did you, uh, are, are you a tight end? Did you play wide receiver, <laughs> you linebacker, or something like that? Or some woman would say, are you so tall, did you play basketball? And I'll say, yeah, yeah, I played you know, overseas. And then and the next question, I'll, without fail, oh, why didn't you play in the NBA? It, 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 I, I'm objective. I'm subjective. I know where my skills lie based on the talent of the rest of the people. And this is not just self-defeating. This is not saying if I worked hard enough. There's some things from a physical perspective that you cannot, you, you would never be able to catch up. I can't jump as high as LeBron sure. or any of that crap. And besides the fact that I'm old, but you know, so, 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 you know what I'm saying? So with that being said, understanding, knowing yourself, knowing what your strengths are, knowing your weaknesses. And uh, that is something that I've always worked on being able to, and if, if I have a weakness, the likelihood of me being able to, to, to turn that into a strength, what can I do to turn that into a strength rather than, rather than just accepting it. So I have to go through all this self, the self-awareness check, um, um, self-thought, and, and evaluation of who I am and what I have. And the, what's the quickest way to getting some type of success with what I currently have uh, that, that I can focus on. So in your process of doing that, because uh, it sounds like there's a trend here, you find a way to put Pythagorean's theorem, like the quickest the quickest uh, line is the quickest way between two, yep. two places, right? So yep. what is the quickest way or, or your methodology for becoming self-aware? And, and can you share some of your habits that have made you have a more in-depth conversation with yourself? Uh, of course, of course. One of the things I, I always say is the people you surround yourself with. Um, and and uh, the, the first thing is finding people. Again, if you're not careful, you will spend your time with people just because they've been with your life for so long. This is the thing that happens all the time. I talk to people all the time about this. Um, loved ones and friends. Like, oh, someone's treating them bad. And they'll say, well, they've been my friend for 20 years. Or they're, they're my family member. And it's like you have to create, you have to guard your mind like a garden. You can't go out and like plant roses and then let rodents and all vermin and everything else destroy your stuff and then wonder why it goes away and say, well, they're just rabbits. They're nice. No, you have to make a decision. So, so for me, the people around you have to pour into you. And I don't mean, I don't mean from a taking perspective. I just mean value people. Sure. They, 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 they can, they can be, they can be, they, they don't have to read what you read. They don't have to like what you like. Just be nice people, right? And be encouraging and inspiring. That's all you need as a first thing. And, and, and the subset of that is finding people who are further along in your process, right? Whatever process, whatever interest you have, find people who are further along so you can learn from them, right? This is very similar to a map, right? I, I don't want to be Columbus. I want to be the thousandth person after Columbus because by that time, the road has been proven. Sure. Right. I'm not trying to recreate some stuff and be there's no nobility in being the first. There almost never is. Sure. Right. We think if we invent the only the only the only example of that happening is if you invent a cancer drug or invent some kind of drug. Sure. That's good. Being the first at anything is really not the best. Sometimes you want to follow after other people. Um, the other thing I would say is 
the kind of the kind of information you pour into your body, into your mind, into your spirit, whether it's listening to this podcast, listening to someone like like you, Wes, the kind of books you read. I got a bookshelf here. I'm all, or listening to I don't like to read. Listen to audiobooks then. Whatever it is, YouTube videos. It's the kind of information you pour into yourself now, that forces you to start thinking because we're comparative by nature. So I'll look and say, okay, where's this person at? What did they go through? Okay, we had similar similar we had similar issues. Therefore, if I follow kind of where he's going roughly and I put my flavor on it. I may get to the same place. I may be able to exceed them. But if, if you don't have any reference or benchmarks, you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to do that. I really do love that. I I follow uh, John Lee Dumas. He has a yes. great podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire, and he comes yes. seven days a week with a new entrepreneur who's talking about their journey and really giving you added value to help you on your way. And it's so true. Yes. When you're on the road or you're in the gym, you could be listening to music, but you get to make the choice and I tend to to really enjoy having a podcast or an audio book in my ear and then constantly having new ideas, new streams of consciousness coming in. And from there, we can collaborate. It really is a mentorship program yeah. that you have at, at all points. Tell me this. What are, what are some other qualities, Evan, that, that help generate success for you, some other habits that you have? Um, the Understanding the idea, again, going back to the idea of death, like, and I know it's not to be macabre, but understanding that um, there's, there's no other alternative to what I'm trying to accomplish. It's like, if I really want what I say I want, my actions and my thoughts have to align with it. Mm. Right? I, can't, I can't just say, oh, I want to make a lot of money, and then I'm playing video games for 10 hours a day. Sure. I can't say, you know, I want to have an amazing relationship with my, with my girlfriend, and then not give her the time and the attention when we're together. I can't say, I, I wish, I, you know, I, I, I can, you know, be as, as big, as, you know, I can have a podcast like Wes, and then not do the work, not right. get the right guests, not not have the quality, not have the you know, not not have a system in place. I mean, look at what you're able, to, what you're able to do. There are people I meet all the time who are trying to do podcasts, not even close to the kind of uh, the kind of professionalism that you have. Wow. Right? Fill in this calendar, Calendly, do this, do this, do that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's steps and stuff. Um, and so those are the things. As an example, those are some of the things that people like your thoughts and your your thoughts and your actions have to align with whatever vision you have. Love and it. for me, that's the thing that I that I focus on more than anything else. Like I. If they're not aligned. I can't be surprised when nothing I want I want happens. And you know what ends up happening next? Um, people will start to create a narrative. We always do this as humans. We'll create a narrative to justify our current space. It doesn't matter what you're. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter where you are in a process of whatever process you have in life. You'll start to justify why you're there soon enough if you're not happy with with what you have. And if people who are successful no longer allow themselves to justify uh, where they are. Because they'll just say this is not good enough. And, sure. and again, it's not about being content. It's just understanding that you're, you have potential for more. That's what I mean. Complacency is a killer of success, is it not? Oh, yeah. That's one of my fears, man. Well, my, if I, I don't really have many fears. It's just being complacent. Being in a place where I'm just like, yeah, because you let your guard down, right? And that's when the enemies come over the gates Ooh. and like, take your city. Still, still waters run deep, my man. Still waters run deep. You got to keep moving. I want to I wanna know this. Who's the most influential person who's ever walked into your life? Oh wow! Um, wow, that's deep. Uh, personally, uh, th there's a handful. I want one. I will mention that it is huge. Um, there's a few, but uh, and I talk about it in my book. But one, one of them I'll mention is um, uh, Matt Paxton, who is who is a serial entrepreneur, automatic like a main hustler, uh, good friend. I consider him a mentor, and he. 
he literally he wrote the forward for my book. And Matt is uh, one of the stars of the TV show Hoarders. And um, he'd been doing it for about a decade. I met him probably about six, seven, eight, well, seven years ago, I think 2009, I think, give or take. And, um, and, and ever since then, we just got, we just had a bond. We just, we, we collaborate a lot. We talk a lot. Um, um, he's, he gives me insight. Sometimes I pour into him, give him insight. And just seeing what his, I mean, this guy, and he shares a story already in his book and in his life where he was, he had, like, he, he went through some difficult times. Um, he had a gambling addiction at one point, overcame that, has three brief, beautiful kids, nice, beautiful home, um, successful multi, multiple businesses, and overcoming those things. So to, to fall in line with creating space, he, he created you know, multiple businesses from coming from a, you know, from, from a not-so-good place. And, and that, so whatever you're going through right now, people who are listening, that doesn't have to be your end. Like, there's always a possibility. It may be harder, sure, right? Sure. It may be difficult. Don't, don't look at somebody else saying that guy had it easy. Yeah, they probably did. But that's not your journey, right? He had it. He had it harder, but look where he is now. And so that's so for him, for me, that's that's one. Another guy's Earl Pinto. Um, uh, he's an executive in in a, in a federal government agency, and we like, one of good for talked to him yesterday. He's in the middle of writing a, an amazing book. He, you know, one 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 thing he he showed, shared to me is the importance of creating relationships. And um, I've always been able to do that personally, but he does it in a way that's that's uh, that's that's uh, just as amazing, if not more. And um, to the point where he's like, he's created great friendships with people like Keith Ferrasi from Never Eat Alone and wow. a bunch of other people that I came with too, too numerous to mention, uh, mainly because he's just the way he is. It's so important. Social capital is the most yes. important capital to me in, in the world. You know, the importance of trust and relationships and friendships and being able to be diligent with and follow through in all of the things that you say you're going to do. And just being a good person, I feel like yeah. is much more of a a an intangible uh whereas capital obviously and money is very important we need it and it but it follows you when you walk down your right path your righteous path love it. right i love it i love it i love it let me ask you this i'm sure. a quote guy and i'm constantly okay. looking for new quotes because it's a form of inspiration for myself is there a quote that you have had in your life that you have kind of led your life by for instance mine is my old man used to say to me when i was young while you are sleeping your competition is working and man, that he 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 did some neuro linguistic programming I love that. on I love me, that. man. And I'm always love. the grind juices inside of me. So that's my yeah. favorite quote. That's one that lives with within me. Tell me one that you kind of live. Uh, um, I have a bunch, but uh, I just kind of tweeted this recently. This one I got from Charlie Day, um, the guy from uh, um, Always Sunny, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, he was given a he was given a, he was given a what's it called um, commencement speech. And one of the things I, was, I just pulled out of that was don't don't just do what makes you happy. Do what makes you great. Wow. Uh, and, and I was like, I was like, I was I was on, I was on the, the metro on the subway going into go, coming back home. And I was like, holy cow, that's so deep. And the other another one that, that, that always plays a role. And again, this goes back to the idea of um, not the idea, but it goes back to the concept of understanding death and, 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 and using it as your motivator. Some people use it as fear. Right. Um, but I use it as a motivation tool. Because uh, it's going to happen. So it's it's um, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right, uh, by Steve Jobs and in, in his Stanford speech. And I used to I used to have the speech memorized. I don't as much anymore. Sure. But you know, but to go back to you know what you're saying about what you listen to, that's 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 kind of why I memorize a lot of these things because I'm listening to these kinds of things on a, on a regular basis. I have to work on that so hard for my brain because if I don't, my 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 reptilian crocodile stupid ass. 
a fear-based brain <laughs> will start, will start, seriously, will start telling me it's not going to work. You're right. Yeah. So I have to literally like go massive on, on all the other stuff that I have to listen to in order to fight it. So when, when I have stupid thoughts, yep. like it's not going to work, you know, my, my other brain is like, no, asshole, you've done these things. You're good. Just let's, let's talk about that reptilian mind because sure. we all have it. And, and some of us, it's more powerful than others. Yes. What is your plan for when the reptilian mind, the fear-based thoughts start to secrete and they start to become more powerful? How do you shift out of that? Some people cannot shift out of that. So for the listeners, for the Creating Space tribe, what is your way to pivot out of that mindset and to get back into action? That's a, that's a great question. I do it. A lot of people go through this. There's two things I, 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 fo I, I focus on. So the first one is I, I always make sure I go back over my successes. I write down all my successes over and over and over again. Um, I don't mean like, 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 you know, like in school, like on this blackboard, it's in general, like I have, I have a, I have journals all over the place. I have two here. I carry, I carry two everywhere I go and I'm always writing in my journal. So the first thing I would say is if you have this kind of, this mind, something's coming in where you're feeling a sense of fear, literally write down what your successes over your life. If you have to go as far back as you possibly can. Um, and just write down the things that you've succeeded at. Um, that hopefully will give you the perspective to remind you that you're further along than you realize, right? Uh, because again, a reptilian brain is telling you that it, what you're not as good is, is, is doing it to protect you. So I get it. I understand it. Sure. Right. You know, I love Dr. David Buss and evolution, evolutionary psychology, but it's telling you is doing it on purpose to protect you so that you don't like risk your, your life, your capital and get killed right. or anything else. Right. Right. It's, again, it's not your fault, but I write all that down. That's the first thing. And now, now the response I get sometimes is I don't have that many. Well, that's fine. If you don't, write down first. And then second thing is find other people who are who who maybe had horrible experiences like you did and and who were able to overcome them and then learn from how they overcome overcame them. So you get that through watching podcasts, through reading books, or listening to audio programs. Why? Because then you can learn. Like I had this issue, um, I you know, I got hurt and then this, or I started a business, lost all my money, and then I came back and then this. That's to remind you that it's possible, and then maybe you can pull a nugget of information out of that that can inspire you to, to act again. Wow. It's, it's so important to keep a mentor group around you. And just like mm -hmm. you're saying, those podcast guests or hosts, those are your mentors for the day. Yeah. As long as you're spending time with them and thinking on their, their plane of, of thought, which is always going to be different from yours, you can take something from it. Yeah. For me, Ebong, Fitness is a huge piece to help keeping me uh, aligned in my vision. I've got, mm -hmm. I, I offer a, a really big portion of my life into that. What are some health and wellness habits that you have or that you invest in? Or maybe fitness isn't your thing. You, you pour yourself into something else. Are there any habits that you have on, the, on you know, a, a linear path in health and wellness that helps guarantee your success? That uh, health and wellness is key. And, and so for me, I'm not as, and again, it's something I own as well. I cheat occasionally. So sometimes I'll, at 3 a.m. I'll go get McDonald's with my girlfriend and, <laughs> you know, we'll just go get, we'll get a hamburger, a happy meal. And like, you know, and then, and, but, but the things I don't, I'm not, I'm not down on myself about it. I understand this is part of um, what I want and who I am. So I don't, the biggest mistake is, is creating a, uh, a cycle of momentum, a negative momentum cycle where you're like, I did this, this is bad. And you start talking crazy to yourself and then that just continues. And then, and then the other part of your brain, then you have an internal fight between eat McDonald's, don't eat McDonald's. And you just, and, and that distresses you. You got cortisol coming through your veins, uh, adrenal systems going crazy because you're stressed out because you're worried about a freaking hamburger. Sure. doesn't matter. Not sure. important. 
so to answer the question, I drink a lot of I drink a lot of water. Um, for one, um, I drink a lot of water. One of the things I always I think is really important is getting adequate amount of sleep. Um, I try to get seven. I should be getting eight to nine, but I try to get seven. Sometimes I get six, but um, I try to get seven hours of sleep. And and if if you say you don't have time because you're working on your thing, I get it. But only use lack of sleep as as a tool. Don't use lack of sleep as a lifestyle. So I know a lot of people uh, go online and say hustle, be up all night. I get it. Only if it's a tool. I gotta get a pro. I have to get some, some you know a product out in three days. I get that. But that shouldn't become part of your lifestyle because your brain and your body needs to re, has, needs to heal. So when you get sick, um, you're able to fight it. Um, and when it comes to food perspective, another huge thing that I'm about, uh, I'm really on is anti-inflammatory stuff. So I do like turmeric and ginger. Um, um, I, I do turmeric and ginger in a shot with pineapple, uh, it's a little bit of chia seeds, and I put it like in a Nutribullet, and I, I drink that when I start to feel a little bit, a little bit sick. Um, it's huge. I do a lot of vitamins. I'm huge on the vitamin stuff too. I, I don't take the multi, nothing wrong with multivitamins. I, you know, in case you're watching, please, you know, uh, if you're multivitamin companies, sponsor a crazy, crazy <laughs> podcast. It's great. It's for me personally, it's a little bit different. So I, I take individual stuff. I take the zinc, vitamin A, sorry, not of uh, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, uh, selenium, uh, stuff for men's health, like, uh, like, uh, salt palmetto occasionally. Wow. Um, name it, you know, but folic, folic acid. I'm just, I'm just taking a whole slew of different things, like 20 pills, probably 20 pills a day. Um, this is crazy, but yeah, for me it works. So you've jumped fully into the lifestyle and yeah. your success, man. It's why it was important for me to get you onto the podcast because you, when I watch you, you live it, you breathe it, you are what you're talking about. And that's important. Mm-hmm. And you're a mentor for myself. And oh, now thanks, for while this while we're going through this show, I wanted to be able to open up the platform for you to mentor the creating awesome. space tribe. Last couple of questions. Okay. Sure. You mentioned that legacy, the the big L of the three. Mm-hmm. Your legacy is what's most important. And you've always kind of seen uh, the importance of the legacy. Tell me what you want your legacy to be uh, when you leave this place. When I leave this earth, I want people to to know that everything they need it to be successful they had already all, all my all my goal was is to just to show it to you i'm, I'm my goal is to be the mirror to, 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 to show you what you already have and what you're capable of and that's it whether that's through my content through my videos through my audios through my book whatever it is if someone reads that book i get i get emails from people all over the country even all over the world people in indonesia speaking to me i was publishing i got published internationally i had no i had no i had no clue to the point people are sending me messages in Indonesian. I can't read any of that crap. And I'm like, well, look how really? They're like, and like, yeah, because of you, I did this, I did this. And that's my goal, man. It's my goal is to, to show you that it's possible. I'm not the be all and, and end all. I'm not going to tell you, read that book and you're going to be a millionaire. Some people do that. I'm not. My goal is to say, if you read this book, you'll get started quicker than you thought. And you won't, you, you won't fail as quickly as other people will if you focus on the things that are important. And before, one more thing to add. Falling in line with all the other stuff of like of like overcoming and stuff like that. It took me two and a half years to get this book published uh, with a traditional publisher. I sent uh, e- emails and queries to over 250, 260 literary agents uh, and publishers, all of which said no. And, and to get that book published, they were like um, uh, a company, a huge business book publisher said, we want to work with you, Abong. I said, great. And then a literary agent, because of that, signed me. And then the, that publisher changed their mind. So I was a little bummed. And then I talked to my, my buddy, Matt, that I, Matt Paxson, I mentioned earlier. He told me a similar story that, of, of it happening to him. 
with another with another idea, another TV show he had or something like that. And I said, all right, cool. It, it reminded me that this is part of the process. That's basically what the whole point of that conversation was. And then uh, three days after that, that that phone call, I get a call from my literary agent saying I sold the project to uh, to to uh, Career Press, which is an amazing publisher based out of New York, um, New York, New Jersey. And then they said, okay, good news is uh, you have a book deal. They gave me the advance I wanted. I said, this is awesome. And they said, the bad news is you have to write that book in three months. So I had three months to write 65,000 words, which sounds crazy to most, but I've been writing for two and a half years, right? I've been writing. I put together a proposal in a week and a half, 30,000 word proposal in a week and a half. So I've been writing for like two and a half years, ideas, everything else. So three months was nothing, right? Sure, sure. So going back to Greyhound, that's me sleeping in a Greyhound station, right, Mm. for a night. Because the bigger picture was going to the camp. The bigger picture was getting the son of a bitch published. So <laughs> not only not only did it get published, it became a bestseller on Amazon. People were picking it up. And then on top of that, and on top of that, I get you know a call from someone in Indonesia saying we want to publish this in Indonesia. Uh, so so the point of my long story is that's the legacy. The process. Not only the what I leave behind is the process of getting up to it. It is easy for someone if you're famous already to go say I'm going to write a book. Right. It's easy for President Obama to say, I'm going to write a book now. He's a president. Sure. And people like him. So, again, not to diminish it, what he's saying, not to diminish any of that stuff, but it's a different journey for people like you and I to go through stuff to get something like this out. That's kind of what I'm saying. And then have it sell the way it does, have it inspire the way it does. That is the legacy I'm trying to leave. Mm. My process and the result is there. Guys, you can hear the juice. You can hear why I needed to get him on the show. We share uh, a same amount of excitement for life. My last question to you, my brother, tell sure. me this. If you could go back in time, the Ebong right now, back in time uh, and stand right beside that Ebong that was panic-stricken, anxiety override, what would you say to him? I would basically say to him, it, it, it's going to get better. Uh, to, stick to, to stick to your plan, stick to your program. Uh, because I had to go through all of that to get to here. That's mm-hmm. what I realized. And, and one of the biggest things, guys, uh, people who are, who are listening – is you have to understand, the main thing you have to understand in life is there's two things. There's a mistake and there's regret, okay? Regret and mistakes are completely different. Too often we, 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 muddle, we muddle them together and we kind of confuse them for each other. We think that a regret is a mistake. Uh, regret basically denotes that you had the ability to make a change and you knew better at the time, but you chose not to. So regret is I jumped off a cliff, but I knew that there's a very good chance I was going to get hurt, but I jumped anyways. And later on you're like, you know what, I regret doing that. Mistake means you tried something, you thought the outcome was going to be better, and it just didn't work out, right? And so if you understand, like, I have to go through all the difficulty and make mistakes in order to get to that place, but I, I have very little regret. I have no regret because I knew at the time, whatever decision I was making, it was worth it in the long run. But if I'm looking at something, if I know something is wrong, like, like regret basically means you know something is wrong when you're doing it. You know you shouldn't do it. And you look back saying, I, I shouldn't have done that. And that's the difference. Too often, entrepreneurs, individuals, whoever you are, will look back at, a, at an idea or something you tried and say, you know what, I regret doing that. And that's, 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 that's horrible because you didn't know what was going to – you knew at the time – you thought at the time it was a good idea. I can, hey, I can live with mistakes. I can live with exactly. heartbreak, but I can't live with regret. Exactly. Exactly. Ebon, exactly. It's been my pleasure bringing you on to Creating Space. Um, guys, I will put every bit of information that I can find on Ebong in the show notes so you can get in touch with him. Start me up. You can find it on Amazon. Get into the book. Ebong, I'm going to grab myself one, and I would love to get up 
uh, to the DC area and get you to sign it so I can have one for my own collection. No, hey, uh, this, this is what I'm going to do, man. I'm going to send you a copy. Like after we get off this, do me. I, I have to go to the air, I have to go to the post office like in ten minutes anyway. So do me a favor, just text me your the address. I'll sign a copy right now and I'll I'll ship it to you, man. Evan, I would be I would be over the moon for that, man. You are a huge mentor in my life. I appreciate you coming on the show. If there's anything I can do moving forward, I hope you you shoot me a, a dude, whatever. Dude. Likewise, anything I can do to help you promote this, share this with everybody, not just not just my episode, but everything else that you're doing. Um, you know, I, I follow your stuff. I, I listen to a couple of the of the podcast episodes. Awesome. I, I try and be a lot more diligent. So, I, I, again, my, my whole goal is to give value. I understand the importance of giving value. Great book called Give and Take by Adam Grant. Kind of reflects that. Um, another good book that people should pick up too, um, Adam Grant, uh, Give and Take. He talks about the importance of giving in the long run it comes back to you as much as people don't think it does but it does so plug into a bong there's nothing but value reaping from his pores man i appreciate you we, we i'll chat with you soon you're not going okay. anywhere my brother no problem my pleasure man okay. my pleasure Ebong Eka, ladies and gentlemen, one of the most authentic human beings I've ever come across. I follow him on a daily basis on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. When he goes on his rants, so much value that he drops so much intensity that he brings, I definitely suggest you get on over to his social feeds at Ebong Eka and you follow him. It's worth the follow. It's been such a great ride. 40 episodes in, you guys, the Creating Space Tribe, it's growing so large and I'm loving watching each of you who have purchased your own Creating Space Snapback. Love watching to see how you're engaging with your community and repping the brand. I love it. You Creating Space Tribe members, I love each and every one of you. Please reach out to me. Continue to shoot me pictures of you representing the lifestyle in your Snapback. If you're interested in your own Snapback, just reach out to me on any one of the social media platforms and I will get you connected in the right avenue for us to get you in one of those nice snapback hats. Guys, have a great rest of your week. Mindset Monday coming. Don't forget, I go live on Instagram live, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Instagram to do the Mindset Monday recording. I would love for you guys to show up, engage with me, and let's have fun while I give you guys the inside scoop in just what it takes to run a podcast. So with that being said, I'll catch you right back here, 9 p.m. on Sunday for Instagram live recording at Mindset Monday. I'll catch you guys there.